0: on fm on dab and up to date on social media we are radio newark, radio newark. To
1: the girls
2: around town here on radio newark this sunday morning we are 45 minutes into the show so we've still got plenty of time left and we've got plenty of time to talk to this morning's guest it's me june Rollins, in the chair rachel repper is here with me too and our guest this morning is emma gross or emma louise gross i believe to be give the full name, Emma Gross, who is from Farndon. Emma, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Hi, thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. Right, we are going to talk to you in a lot more detail in the second hour of the show about the reason why we've brought you in here today. But before we get to that, we've got a little bit of time before we head up to the news at 11 o'clock. So we're just going to find out a little bit about your background. So we know you live in Mm Farndon. We know, because you told us, sitting outside um, a few moments ago, that you've only been married for a year.
1: Yeah, yeah we got yeah. married in um, October in Marrakesh in Morocco Oh, last year yeah it was lovely why
2: why Marrakesh was it was that a particular reason or
1: just you wanted um, somewhere sunny and, just something that's a place that I've always enjoyed going to somewhere yeah sunny and nice vibrant colors and like the atmosphere that you get in um in Morocco mm-hmm. is just something that we wanted for our wedding yeah so you actually you had the actual wedding there we did yeah We did yeah mm-hmm yep yeah. Family, yeah. A family able to go with you? Yeah, we friends? had uh, it's just a small wedding. Uh, I think there was 22 of us all together, just family and close friends. Lovely. <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Right, Thank let's get down to um, a little bit of detail about um, your background. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you, um, like so many of our previous guests or the guests that we have on the show regularly, you had a proper job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've all had proper jobs, haven't we? Uh-huh. And given them up to do what we really, really want to do. Um, and I, I certainly did that a while ago. And as I say, a lot of our guests have have done the same. So, what was your proper job before you?
1: Before I started got this much yeah, more exciting one. Before I started the business, I worked in the accounts department, um, doing accounts admin for a painting and decorating company in Nottingham. Um, I was actually there nine years, which I didn't really intend to be when I first started there. Just one of those things that you um, get settled in a place, you like the people, so you just stay. Um, But I was never really 100% satisfied with what I was doing. I knew I needed to be more creative. So, um, yeah, I started making skincare products and soaps. And, and, and initially, that was just a hobby, wasn't it? Um, to start kind with, on, 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 yeah, you know, I suppose a sideline. Yeah, I say. it was mainly to make a little bit of extra money um, and to be a bit more creative. Um, and then I started. Um, um, creating other products, other skincare products, and they they just started selling really well. So um, I kind of changed my plans a little bit and started focusing more on making it a business and actually making a living from it. And I expect um, having an, a
2: background in accounts probably came in a little bit useful when you're running your own
1: business. A little bit. I'm not great at maths. Um, <laughs> I wasn't an accountant by any means. I, I kind of just did the admin, like in the accounts department. But um, but, but you kind of understood the basic. Necessities,
2: yeah. what you need to
1: yeah and I did a bit of business studies um, for my A level so I kind of had a little bit of knowledge about what I needed to be doing business wise but um, I've done so much learning you know I've had to teach myself all the different aspects of running a business
2: not to mention making soaps yeah. which we'll come to a, a little bit later on so and um, you started off making things like uh, body butters and lip mm-hmm. balms and things like that and um,
1: when, when, when was, was this fairly recent? Or? Um, that was back in the beginning. So about 2011, um, I started with body scrubs, body butters, lip balms, um, massage bars, um, facial oils, uh, gradually introducing new products. They weren't all, you know, at the beginning. Um, and then soaps were actually one of the last things that I started making because they are quite complicated. Um, <laughs> there's a bit of chemistry involved, a chemical reaction. And um, so I kind of put off... Soaps, but then I had so many people requesting them, I really thought there's something here I need to look into. So um, I did as much research as I could and introduced soaps into the range of skincare products. And now You concentrate very much on soaps. Yes, that's The exclusion of everything else? Yes, so Mm -hmm. this year in January I decided to discontinue the range of skincare products and just focus solely on soaps because they are my best seller. I enjoy making them more than the other products and I feel like there's a real kind of momentum at the moment um, about going back to basics with bar soaps and getting rid of the plastic packaging that yeah. a lot of liquid soaps mm. and mm. shower gels and things um obviously have to be packaged in plastic bottles. Um so yeah, bar soaps kind of got a a, a new um resurgence if you like um <laughs> <laughs> of coming back into popularity. <laughs> I think it's fabulous.
2: Absolutely cool in the gang there and fresh and as I said very very appropriate title of a song for uh the topic of our discussion with our guests this morning we're talking to emma gross and we're talking about soap but we're talking about not just ordinary soap we're talking about very very special soap um artisan handcrafted small batches very very um carefully controlled ingredients so emma tell us a little bit we've got a few minutes before we head up to the news tell us a little bit about the range that Mm -hmm. you have uh, okay including some of those Names? (laughs) Names?
1: <laughs> yeah, at the moment we offer a range of 13 different natural bar soaps. Um, they are called things like Perfect Gentleman, Pink Lemonade, Hello Yellow, Green Tetox, Mojito. Uh, cream smoothie, they're just a selection of the names. Um, they're all made using the cold process technique of um, soap making, which is using natural oils and fats and butters and turning them into soap using a chemical reaction called saponification. Um, so they're using ingredients like sunflower oil and um, coconut oil and castor oil. So they're all um, 100% natural. We use essential oils, not fragrance oils. So again, we stick with natural ingredients that give Benefits. So essential oils are well known for giving um, benefits to to the user. So for example, lavender has got soothing, calming properties and it's got um, like a sedative kind of effect. So it's good for helping you sleep. So that is actually in our um, Sweet Dreams bar.
0: Um, yeah, so... Uh, the colours are beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, obviously it doesn't work very well on radio, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> so, you'll have, uh, have to take my word for it,
2: but, you know... I'll, I'll pop over to the website. We'll give you the details for that in a, a little yeah. bit later on in the interview. But pop over to the website where you can see pictures of all these pretty soaps, yes.
0: But the, the colours are just stunning. I mean, I'm looking at Secret Garden where you've got this vibrant lavender mm-hmm. that... Leads into a wonderful jade colour um, it's just yeah. stunning and the, then the, the
1: jade the colour is actually um, wheatgrass powder um, and there's a little bit of black in there which is um, activated charcoal so it's just natural powders and clays as well that we use
0: so yeah i'm not sure i'd actually be able to use this i think i'd have this positioned on my safe well well yes dish <laughs> and, and then like yeah. don't touch the soap <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it, they are little pieces
0: of art aren't they, they? Are. in their own beautiful. way Yes. yeah, yeah. Um, and how do you how do you achieve these colours then? Because you're saying all your products are, are, are natural. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking here at um, Rough and Ready. Rough and mm-hmm. Ready. So
1: that one is a scrub bar. So there are three different types of exfoliant in Rough and Ready. There are poppy seeds, oats, and pumice. Um, and the colours that we use in that one um, are iron oxide yellow, ultramarine blue, and wheatgrass powder again. So uh, natural natural colours.
0: And it looks like a flag. <laughs> it looks yeah, like a national yeah. flag. <laughs> These colours are so beautifully defined, and Serendipity, mm-hmm. uh, which is a gorgeous cream with an azure blue, would be how I would describe mm-hmm. it. That actually looks like you've got a, a wave breaking. In the
1: blue, That's yeah. So there are different design techniques that you can use with cold process soap making. Um, that one is more of a layer, so you, you um, mix the soap to a different thickness, and you can achieve different um, techniques, so a layer or a swirl, or there's the many other many other designs. So what as would well. you use to get that blue? That blue is ultramarine blue again, but mm. just um, a different um, different depth of the colour to give. There's actually two different blues in Serendipity. Are there? Ooh.
2: Yeah. And visually, which one is your favourite, would you say?
1: Oh, um, probably the, um, pink lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, I like doing the swirl <laughs> and, uh, obviously <laughs> the pink, uh, it's a bit girly. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and your favourite in terms of
2: usage, which, which one do you personally use for, for whatever reason?
1: Um my favorite at the moment is green tea tox Um, it's got real pieces of um, green tea leaves um, distributed throughout the soap so you get a gentle kind of exfoliating feel when you're using the green tea tox and it's full of antioxidants as well so it's good for your skin fantastic we will find out what
2: your customers prefer in terms of look and um, which soap they like to buy um, a little bit later solo there and clean bandit another <laughs> appropriate title we or, or name of the group we, we don't do this on purpose emma we we have a fixed um playlist right. which we can take a certain number out to give us time to talk but we can't change uh, for different songs but it's surprising how often songs pop up that are very very appropriate so clean bandit obviously is very <laughs> appropriate for a show where we're talking about soaps right we are going to get to the nitty-gritty next we're going to talk about the slightly scary sounding process of saponification mm-hmm. so
1: tell us how you learned it and what it actually involves so i taught myself um about natural coal process soap making i watched lots of videos got every single book that I could find from the library and and on Amazon and just work my way through them really and along with lots of little trial batches um, where I learnt from my mistakes I've managed to um, get to a stage where I'm quite comfortable and I don't make mistakes very often anymore <laughs> they, still, they still happen occasionally because um, it's chemistry um, and um, yeah, I'm happy with the range that we've we've got now of the uh, the 13 different varieties of natural soap bars. Well, th- it- this is a process that
2: has been used to make soap for yes. sort of time immemorial, isn't it? I mean, yes, it's not so something it- 21st century or whatever. No, it goes way, way back.
1: Yeah, it's a traditional method that's been used for thousands of years. Um, originally. Um, It was um, the people of the village found that washing their clothes in the river was much easier after the animal fats had combined with the ashes of the fire upstream. (laughs) So it's to do with fats and... um traditionally it was the ashes of the fire because they were the um, the alkaline part of the chemical reaction um, you know thousands of years ago um, whereas today it's a little bit more simple we don't have to uh, have fires and collect the ashes <laughs> we we use uh, or, or
2: animal fats no no from animals so to speak. No. no you
1: can still yeah you can still make soap with animal fats um, I choose not to I stick with vegetable fats and um, You can make soap with things like lard and tallow um, but I stick with ingredients like sunflower oil, coconut oil, um, avocado oil, olive oil. Any kind of oil, fat, or butter can be um, turned into soap using the saponification reaction.
2: And a a lot of these soaps, uh, sorry, these oils, of course, are are oils that we know are good for you in Mm -hmm. in in all sorts of ways. I mean, I I use coconut oil. Um, We all know how good avocados are for you, Mm -hmm. for example. So um, you're you're using oils that are good that people yes. use as good oils inside that's themselves right. but you're using them on the outside yeah. as well
1: and every oil has its own unique fatty acid profile so for example um, coconut oil um, is good for in soap it actually is good for creating bubbles and cleansing properties um, whereas um, olive oil has got a high um, high proportion of um, oleic acid one of one of the fatty acids in olive oil is oleic acid and that's good for conditioning so olive oil gives the conditioning to a bar whereas coconut oil would give the cleansing properties and, and, and the, the bubbles the bubbles yes, yes the lather yes, yes. Um, so if you want a nice yeah. bubbly soap that's right yeah. you go
2: for one with coconut oil in it
1: and castor oil is actually really good for bubbles and uh, creaminess as well
2: not such a nice taste though no but then you wouldn't be you wouldn't be (laughs) they look good enough to eat they do indeed they
0: look like sweeties but yeah but don't don't be
2: tempted now there, there is one very specific thing that is not in your soaps that i know Mm -hmm. rachel wants to hear a little bit more about
0: yeah so i saw from your brochure that you don't use palm oil
1: that's right yeah we decided um back when i first started the business that i didn't want to use palm oil in any of my products after i did some research and read about the um the indonesian rainforests being destroyed um to make way for palm plantations and it just didn't really sit right with me um the fact that um, I think it's 300 football fields, the, the size of a football field, is cleared every hour to make way for palm plantations to be planted. And when you think of it like that, it's just a massive area of rainforest that's being destroyed um, for just to create an ingredient that's in many things in the supermarket. So 40 to 50% of household products contain palm oil, and I didn't want to be one of them. Um, the soaps that we create, I wanted to make palm-free. And And that deforestation is impacting on wildlife wildlife and uh, and the people that live there as well um yeah wildlife in particular orangutans um you might have heard the issue about orangutans and that they're um endangered um there's only about five to ten years left if we carry on at the rate we're going in five or ten years the orangutans will be extinct so we really need to think about the palm oil that we're using and the products that are you know using palm oil as as an ingredient
0: well, we we as a family we absolutely do not use anything that's got palm oil in. Yeah that's, you know, that's, a, that's a really important. It's a hard thing for
1: uh, us. hard thing to do to eliminate from um your life really because it's in so many products. So mm-hmm. um yeah well done. <laughs> yeah
0: well it <laughs> helps that we're vegan so there's the yeah. <laughs> so quite a lot of the highly processed
1: mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah.
0: You know um which is where you find the palm oil. You know which it's it's not good for you as well. Um we 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 don't have But also on the um, social responsibility agenda for your business, I saw that you support Framework, the charity...
1: Yes, um, the um, homeless charity in Nottinghamshire. Um, for every ten bars that we sell, um, we um, donate one bar to Framework at the moment. Hopefully we'll be increasing that the, uh, the more sales we get. We want to be eventually matching uh, like for like, so for every one we sell, we want to donate one. At the moment, we're donating one for every ten. Um, and we just like to kind of um, work a little bit of social good into, um, into the business, really, and give something back.
0: I think it's fabulous so you you end up smelling beautiful looking at a beautiful bar of soap not destroying rainforests and also um helping a local charity i think that's yeah. pretty lovely thank you good news
2: all around i think <laughs> isn't it right um let's have a bit more
0: music and then we'll talk
2: about um the ways in which you're spreading um the making of soap because you you help other people too don't you so we'll come to that in a moment you're listening to the girls around town here on radio newark this sunny sunday morning we're talking to emma gross about soap artisan beautiful pretty very very beautifully made and very very um sweet smelling and conscientiously mm-hmm. made i was trying i couldn't think of the right word yes very very um, environmentally friendly so uh, a question that rachel threw at emma while we were listening to that last piece of music what can go wrong when you're
1: <laughs> Um A number of things can go wrong. Um, all of the ingredients have to be measured very, very accurately. So you're measuring your oils. Obviously, we talked about coconut oil, sunflower oil, and you're also measuring out your alkali, which is going to turn those, those fats into soap. Um, so they need to be very, very precise to the gram. Um, and if you accidentally go a few grams over, then it's not going to turn out correctly. Um, also some ingredients can cause acceleration which is the process obviously speeding up and getting quicker Um, some essential oils can cause problems Um, if they contain certain um, additives in certain um, allergens in the essential oils they can uh, cause the sponification process to significantly heat up um, and um, accelerate so it just gets thick really really quickly so the aim of the game with the soap making is to get it into the mold when it's nice and fluid so we want it. think of it like um, cake batter, if you like or baking <laughs> um, so we want to be able to pour it into the mold and not have to spoon it in so um, some ingredients can cause the acceleration which means it's going to get thick and then it's going to need to be spooned into the mold which isn't great and and it's not that quick a process
2: is it i mean you, once you have put it into the mold you before you can package it um, yeah it actually it takes for a while doesn't it so to yeah.
1: speak it takes four weeks four to six weeks depending on your formula um so once it's been in the mold for 24 hours i unmold it cut it and i stamp the bars individually by hand as well so i stamp my logo onto the <laughs> surface of the bars <laughs> which is a bit time consuming but i feel like it really makes the difference makes it look more handmade um, and then the bars go onto the curing rack for four weeks um, so they just sit there exposed to the air and the air circulates around each individual bar and it draws out the moisture um, so um, it makes the bar nice and hard and it um, it gives you time for the sponification reaction to complete and then the bars are packaged yeah, so the packaging takes quite a long time and i've got a few few helpers that uh, give me a hand when I get round to the packaging stage I, I, I did hear you talking
2: on in another interview and you said that um, family and friends come in very useful round about Christmas time. Yeah,
1: that's right, they're on standby at the minute, so yeah I'm actually making this week, so um, over the next week and a half I'll be making about 2,000 bars, so in four weeks time I'm going to need my mum my mother-in-law, um, my friend Gail, my husband, everyone <laughs> my housemate Steph, uh, everyone's going to be there hopefully giving me hand so that i'm not just like sat there for days just packaging bar after bar
2: (laughs) we were talking earlier in the show about bake-off um returning this this week to the tv or this past week you're kind of like making soap brownies aren't you in a way because you say you've got a a slab and you cut them into
1: little squares
2: so they're like It's like brownie making in a way, isn't it? Yeah, so I
1: make them in a slab mould at the moment. Um, So the slab needs to be cut into loaves, and then the loaves need to be cut into bars. So um, it's like a two step process to get the actual shape and size of bar that I need. Now we said
2: we've, we've mentioned already a couple of times that you are not keeping all this knowledge to yourself. No, you are sharing it not only with other potential soap makers, mm-hmm. but with um, ordinary people um, who might just like to find out how it works and make a bit of soap for themselves. So yeah, tell us a little bit about why you why you started doing this and, and how it works.
1: Okay, so I started Soapology Studio um, about four years ago now. Um, so I teach um, regular group sessions, so a maximum of six people. People come to the workshop uh, the last Saturday of the month and I teach a soap making course so I'll pass all my knowledge on um, and we have a bit of lunch and then we make um, two or three batches per person to take home at the end of the day and um, I also teach one-to-one sessions so if someone's a bit more serious about it or if they might want to start a business then they come to me for a one-to-one session and we do the same thing but in a little bit more detail we talk a bit more about the business side of um, soap making Um, but yeah they're proving really popular the courses get booked up um, quite far in advance I've actually unusually got a few spaces left for the September one Um, but um, yeah they they, what uh, date is that Oh, I think it's the 29th, mm-hmm. uh, if that's the last Saturday in um, in September, I think it is. It will be, yes, yes. yes. 29th
0: the 30th is definitely a Sunday, yes. Yes. So opportunity for somebody to get or some people to get on that course and yes. learn how to make soap for
2: Christmas. That's right, yeah. You can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and when you come on one of these courses, do you do you do you get to make sort of a personal type soap? You know, can yeah. can you sort of play around yeah, with so the under your Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: We keep the recipe quite simple, um, but then you have complete free reign over all the additives in the workshop. So when I say additives, I don't mean (laughs) something kind of scary that you would normally avoid, like additives in food. Additives in soap are things like oats, poppy seeds, honey, um, any of the colours, so clays, bentonite clay, kaolin clay, um, and also your essential oils. So there's like um, a good range of essential oils that we can blend. um, Lavender, grapefruit, made Ylang ylang, um, lots of different essential oils that you would have access to on your soap making course. So, so being able to choose your own colours would be you yes. could definitely um, design your soaps
2: to go with your recently or renovated bathroom, <laughs> definitely. Or, you could or your ensuite or yes. whatever? Yes, you, you could yes, choose the yeah. colours to match uh, <laughs> match your
1: interior, definitely. But also, you can choose the ingredients to match a skin type. Uh, For example, if you've got a family member that's got eczema or psoriasis, you could um, make a soap with oats um, to help kind of soothe. And honey is a good humectant. It draws moisture to the skin. Um, Those kind of soothing, calming ingredients. And lavender is good for sensitive skin as well. And you can even
2: choose one for your dog, can't you?
1: Yes. Shampoo Shampoo is um, very popular. So we do the... um, the shampoo bars, which are suitable for dogs, uh, to get rid of their muddy paws and any kind of. <laughs> Might tend them.
0: to roll in um, fox, fox poo, poo or bad yeah. poo. Oh my goodness! yeah What a smell! Yeah. So, um, so this will fix that as well. Whatever yep. yeah. so lovely.
2: We are coming into the last 30 minutes or so or 25 minutes uh, to be more precise of the show we've got time to get a few more bits and pieces of information from emma about the handmade artisan soaps that she makes one of the things that emma and rachel were talking about while real thing were burbling away in the background there was uh, the packaging because the packaging is also very um eco-friendly that, yeah that it's
1: made of um, recyclable card um, And so it's just a lot more eco-friendly than a liquid soap that might be in a plastic container, a plastic bottle. So, yeah, it's um, recyclable, and the the label is paper as well.
2: Brilliant, fantastic. Now, um, the courses that we were talking about and... um, also events we talked about the courses but you also um are going to be getting involved in some events fairly soon yeah yep.
1: so we always do more events in the run up to christmas uh, and we actually organize some of our own events as well so um under the name handmade with love events um we've organized at the um Southall methodist church for the last five years so this is the fifth year and it's going to be on the third of november this year so it's a um craft and gift market with over 60 different artisan exhibitors Local, yeah, all local. local, Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, local. Um, They have to be handmade products. There's nothing bought in at all, Um, and we like to um, give them the chance to showcase their businesses to um, local people. Now, obviously, amongst those products, there will be soap. Yes, I will have a stand. What
2: what are the kind of things that are usually available? Lots of
1: different um, things. So, lots of fabric, um, fabric goods, um, leather, um, ceramics, some food as well. Um, yeah lots of different anything you can think of that's handmade we try and get a good selection um of different exhibitors so we've still got stalls available if anyone wants to apply so and just remind us of the date again it's the Saturday the 3rd of November and it's at the Method- Southwell Methodist, Methodist Church. Church in
2: Southwell right we'll come we'll come to contact of the yep. those all in one go um, at the end of um, our little chat but um, other events you you go to other people's events as yes well. I you do
1: coming up um, I've got a few um, coming up yes um, um, just local kind of markets and um, and craft fairs um, I can't remember and stockists <laughs> <at the moment.
0: laughs> yeah. so um, I live in Newark where in Newark can I get your soaps in
1: Newark the Newark stockist is Grace Gentle on Middlegate um, so she's got the um, the full range in there um, and they're selling really well um, and then other stockists that I've got I've got a new one actually um, let me just get the details it's Woodbury Tea House cafe and shop in Farnsfield, so not too far away. Um, And yeah, we're always looking for new stockists as well. Wholesale is a big part of our business. So um, we do regular trade shows and I go around talking to people, hopefully getting orders and showing them the range of products because the more stockists um, we've got, that's our our aim for... um, you know the business is to grow that way to get more wholesale stockists and of course if anybody isn't in within
2: easy reach of newark Mm -hmm. um, or farnsfield or able to get to one of these upcoming events they they can always buy them online. Can't
1: they can they? buy online, yes. It's um, soapology.co.uk where you can purchase the soaps, and uh, soapologystudio.co.uk is for the course bookings. And
2: I know you have a Facebook page because I have been. But is it a personal one or, or a soapology? Yeah, I've got soapology. Yeah, yep. I, I think I'll probably follow you on both. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so f- where will we find you on Facebook? Facebook
1: is soapology UK and Soapology Studio, so two separate Facebook pages, one for the soaps and one for the courses, and Instagram, it's Soapology Studio. And
2: I presume lots of lovely photographs. I know. I I know. I follow you
1: on on Instagram. Yeah, I've started uh, using Instagram a lot more lately and trying to put little videos of me actually cutting the soaps and making Uh, the soaps, so they're quite popular. Do you 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 do my story?
2: I'm
1: trying. I'm learning more and more about it, yeah. I need to start using the story a little bit more. Uh, I am
2: ver- very, very new to Instagram myself. Uh, uh, because I'm a wordsmith, everything I do is in words, which doesn't work on Instagram quite no. the same way, does it? Face- yeah. Basically I hate... I hate- the way people use all those hashtags mm. oh, I, I really, really really do <laughs> you, know, you 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 can look on Facebook these days you'll see a post which has like a dozen hashtags yeah. that's but me most of them, most that's them me. meaningless <laughs> you know yeah. you know it's just meaningless it really <laughs> irritates me um so I tend to be a Facebook person uh, because I can say lots on there and I will also use Twitter because now you excuse me now you can use more than 140 yeah. characters yeah. it's a bit better but also i can put links to things um from from twitter so but i do have an instagram page um and i do look at it from time to time and i think i posted about three photographs on it I, in fact i think i might have posted a soapology one no, the other you? day i think i was getting carried away <laughs> <laughs> don henley there and the boys of summer you're listening to the girls around town here on radio Newark. and it is still summer just, well it, we're promised an Indian summer actually aren't we? a beautiful day yes, I can't believe it's it. It's been stunning. So with a bit of luck, um, even though officially we're kind of heading into autumn we might <laughs> still get it, it's talking about a little mini heat wave coming up in the next few days, few weeks or whatever. That so sounds fabulous And nice me. weather all round ish mm. until October. So oh. that would be good, won't it? Right, right. so, um, what do we need to do before we end this show today and go off and enjoy that sunshine shine out there Um, we need to remind you how you can get in touch with emma how you can get uh, where you can find her um, soaps and how you can find her on either the internet or facebook so emma just remind us um website address
1: website is okay so it's www.soapology.co.uk is where you can purchase the soaps um i've got a few accessories on there as well soap dishes um, bamboo face cloths as well a new in um, and then the other website for the course bookings is www.soapologystudio.co.uk and you can read all about the, what the courses are covering on the website as well so there's a big list of everything that's going to be covered in a course um, lots of pictures as well showing you the kind of thing that you might make um, Yeah, and Facebook is Soapology UK. And Soapology Studio,
2: and also on the on the website in particular, you can find out more about um, the ingredients and the um, eco friendliness, the um, reasoning behind choices like not using palm oil, okay. and um, your supportive framework too. Yes. So all the information is there on that website, Soapology.co.uk. Yes, um, Emma, it's been lovely to meet you. Um, Thank you. You and, too. Um, your soaps are just so pretty you know even if they weren't good for you which of course they are (laughs) um, and um, depending on which one you choose they're different they're they're good for all sorts of different things but just looking at them is a treat Um, and I'm sure that uh, I'm going to confess now I, I had some delivered by Emma this morning, and they at least one of them is going to find its way into my bathroom. <laughs> um, I think um, the plan was to put it in the pile of Christmas presents that I'm collecting at the moment, but I think one of them works really it's well for that. Yeah, too pretty <coughs> yeah. to <let>
0: go. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, Michael Jackson there and Rock with Humour just almost out of time here on girls around town this sunday so very very quickly time to tell you about next week's show and even rachel didn't know what was coming up because i hadn't had a chance to tell her what to expect next sunday when we pop in um to the studio so as rachel now knows next week we're doing something completely different uh um, instead of for the ladies this one's for all you guys out there listening Steve, if you're listening this one's especially for um you and all your mates and of course dean i'm sure you're dean he in quite Ooh. regularly <gasps> that's <right>? <laughs> no that's okay because we were going to say i was going to say <laughs> next week we are going to be talking to john nelson and um his colleague des uh, des walker i think it is about men in sheds
0: fantastic i don't know what i'm going to do having a man on the show
2: (laughs) (laughs) two men on the show two Two men men on the show oh my goodness june (laughs)
0: um so um
2: it's something that uh, maybe a lot of people aren't even aware of that there is something called men in sheds i mean we all know men do like their sheds don't we but this is something completely different Well, well it's not completely different but it's something very very special it is a national organization It is also a charitable charitable organisation, doing a lot of good work. And um, Des and John are going to come in next Sunday to tell us exactly what the aims of the Men in Sheds National Organisation are. And also, what actually happens in their shed, Mm. down in Collingham. So, um, like I say, something
0: a little bit different. It feels a little bit like... um uh, an alternative to the rotarians doesn't it <laughs> sort of rustic <laughs> yeah. rustic rotarians with no <laughs> black tie <laughs> A sort of, uh, you've grown out of scouts, but actually you can now become a man in a shed. I think it's rather <laughs> lovely. I'm really, I'm really intrigued
2: to learn what they do. They have a lot of very, very good intentions and um, good reasons for running these, which is yeah. um, getting, um, particularly men who are um, on their own, or, you know, um, ne- looking for company, looking to um, find things, especially uh, if they've retired, although you don't have to be retired, and I understand from their website, you don't have to be a man. I don't know if that's the case in collingham yes yeah. some sheds around the country <laughs> do allow women um, so we will find out next week whether that's the case in collingham but more importantly we'll find out from des and from john exactly what men do when they're in their sheds um, as part of this organization craig coming up next we will be back next sunday with the men in sheds we love, love-